Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. All right. Welcome to episode 233. I'm Andrew Peak, the ad doctor. And with me today is Jackie Lipinski and Julie Jarnigan. Hello. Hey, guys. Hello. We're here. Where's Kevin? Kevin's not here. Now he's he's taking this week off. He's having fun somewhere else. So. Aw, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm down here <laughs> I'm in Florida. I'm glad to be it's here so with you guys. <laughs> we you. are. We are. Uh, summit is coming up. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Weather better cool down for Phoenix. Right now, don't look at the weather today in Phoenix, August 11th. Ooh. And every time we have the summit, you know, even last year in Texas, he, it's cold. The hotels are cold. So you plan on be. it being warm and then you, everyone just like bring a jacket because I feel yeah. like those rooms get freezing. Bring your hoodie. If I had it my way, there'd be like an athleisure day where everyone gets to wear like hoodies mm. and just whatever you want. I don't do have, it. that's, that's not my call. Pajama we did the cocktail, yeah. we did the cocktail hour eighties night. We could do pajama yeah. cocktail. Pajama day, or maybe Depression. Thursday. That could be the pajama day. Like the day after, if anyone's still, still around yeah. trying to go back to East coast. <laughs> I looked at the hotel info. It seems like a lot of people are, are staying before or after and making it a nice little. Yeah. Vacation. I know my flight. I couldn't even get out to go back to Florida if I wanted to on the last day of the summit. So I'm sure there's a lot of East coasters mm-hmm. like that. You have yeah. to tell your family, darn, sorry. Darn. It's a, it's a one week <laughs> weekend to. I know summit. I'm there till Sunday after I just, there's no flights available, <laughs> Holy. you know, the pandemic and supply chain logistics, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I, we, I, I still hear so many people saying supply chain. So keep, keep using oh, gosh. Get away with it. Keep using. <laughs> all right. Jump into story time. Who's up That's first? Good. Yeah, I can start. Um, so I had a builder, um, call the other day and they said that they had gotten a great testimonial, a video testimonial from a home buyer who was a happy home buyer, loved their home, loved the company. And they had it, I think they were had already used it for one thing, but then the um home buyer reached out and said, Yeah, I've changed my mind. I don't want you to use my video testimonial because I don't want people um to judge me for buying in this market. And interesting. <laughs> so they had agreed to the testimonial, done a great testimonial. So buyer attitudes are really um, unique right now. Some people, I, I had a friend, I told them I also had a friend on Facebook who had posted that they felt like a genius for selling their home in this market and like an idiot for buying a home in this market. So that just kind of led to a conversation of how we need to make our audience and customers know that it's okay to buy right now. We have a lot of people buying right now. We're signing contracts. You know, we have happy homeowners, people love their homes. So we just kind of have to speak to that emotion of their fear of buying right now. And apparently their fear of being judged for buying right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that person, if they were thinking like people they actually know in their real life or like internet trolls, as far as like, will they get hate comments from people they don't know? Maybe don't they've know. experienced that in the past before and they don't want to deal with it. I wonder which way it went. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a mix their of life both. knows they're moving and they bought a new house and they've been building a new house for six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 months plus. Yeah. That is interesting though. Sure. Um, yeah. That was a new one. I hadn't heard that one that before. Is a new one. It's in my mind, it's like, it's none of anyone's business what I want to do with my money. If I want to buy now or not, and if you're going to judge me for it, you could see the door. See ya. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, what we heard is usually 
buyers, they don't want their testimonials on because after the testimonial, you know, it's a warranty problem or the builder hasn't followed through with their promises. So that was definitely the first, I think for all of us kind of hearing that reasoning nope. behind that person. So yeah. Interesting. So yeah, they were happy, but I mean, it just goes to show right now, like messaging constantly needs to be changing and it's an emotional purchase. So we have to be thinking about that. Yeah. It's like, what, what do they say? It's emotional purchase, but then you try, you, I guess it's with anything it's emotion driven. And then you try to justify it with rational thought, mm-hmm. but the emotion drives everything. So if that emotion goes away, you know, the rationality doesn't matter. I, I guess I'll have two parts of my story time. Ooh, I, I know a couple it. podcasts ago, I talked about that new home community down my street. And so I was like, where is that at? How many homes have sold? And then I did yeah. start looking at was the her price point too. Yeah, it was one two, one two. Okay, starting at I was like, oh, that doesn't seem bad for this area. Everyone else listening, my apologies that Pacific Northwest prices don't make sense. <laughs> so, but I was like, wow, this one is five bedrooms. If I sold my house, then then my new mortgage changed, and like I felt like I fell in love with the floor plan, and then I also loved that it was like hey, yeah. view the floor plan, and then also they had a tab of um, put your furniture in it. And I was like, oh, oh man. stop, because I, I was just telling Andrew, um, actually, right before this podcast, how I used to love The Sims and playing The Sims and building yeah. the houses. And I would actually build mm-hmm. my like, I had a weird room layout. I would build it within The Sims and move the furniture. So I just felt like I was like, I'm not planning on moving, but I am falling in but love with this plan. I explore this fun little thing. Here. Yeah. You're just kind of falling in love with it and you're just spending more time on it. And again, that's the content we're talking about of having on your website too, to make you stay on longer. And and what else can I digest to make me like go over the hump that is making a decision? But also right now, I, I probably wouldn't because it's like, same with consumer sentiment being the lowest since 2011. Like I don't, I know that fact and that knowing that fact and people telling me that fact, I think is making me, it's not making me feel like that's a right decision to be making. So I can make sense. Have you toured one of them? No, I won't. You can't make me. No, don't. (laughs) I I think you should. I see it in person. From do you convert? I will. Fine. It is. It's walking distance of my house. I should walk down. Oh, see, you should see. I think what would get me, I know what I should say. I'm assuming you're going to walk in. If there's, I don't know the ceiling height of your, your current home. But if it's, say, the new house is 10, 11, 12 feet, and then there's a great room with a bigger ceiling, or even if it's just 10 feet throughout, you'll be like, oh. No, I've vaulted ceilings. It's like to the second level. Okay, never mind. I know. We went from eight feet to our house is right under 10 feet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my god. But I'm in a 1970s tri-level, so it's like the AC we just got installed. Anyway, I don't want to go into that. But my other story time that I was actually (laughs) going to talk about was the theme of the last two weeks has absolutely in my builder meetings, um, a lot of more marketers are asking about SEO and just wanting to feel more comfortable talking to upper management. Upper management is asking them about it. I think the the talking points there, and again, we are not an SEO company to reinstate that, um, but we do know the best practices but if you need to take it to a next level, I always recommend talking to professionals because um, just like with anything, it's too broad and you need to understand what the goals are. And so the biggest element um, to be aware of for SEO is that SEO takes time. Um, and especially around content and content needs to be created and who's creating that content. And is it the SEO company you're hiring or is it someone you're bringing on to just do the recommendations? You tricked then- my brain for a second. 
Do you mean time as in the results take time or also the results, you both need 20 both. man hours a week? It's, you know, I think like, same with money solves both. any problem, right? It depends on what you can, you can do quickly with your team or what you just hire someone to do. But then also it does take a long time for Google to crawl your website and to build that credibility and to move you up as well as you're competing organically against Zillow and all these other potential communities. Yeah. So you, you can only go so far to beat other companies that are world renowned for searching for houses. They have so 10 people on their SEO team. Yeah. So you, you have to understand where you lie in terms of competition, in terms of areas of how you're trying to bring your page up to number one organically. The second thing for SEO to be aware of would be, I would recommend if you are getting that, those questions, you need to ask for, well, what kind of budget am I looking for? For on this that I can line item in my budget for you to be specifically on SEO because it's again like do it that doesn't like that doesn't bring clarity on what the expectations what? are and so understanding who needs to be doing it what your budget needs to be and then third would be like well what do you think an ideal timeline would be to get to that and depending on their feedback then I think you take that information and you reach out to specific SEO companies to see if that is feasible and what the recommendations are and then how to build the strategy that you're trying to accomplish around that data or or to get a reality check of, sorry, we can't do all this for $500. That's just not feasible. Yeah. But the other thing to go along with that is sometimes upper management's opinion of this is that, well, if I rank organically as number one, wow, we can save so much money marketing because now we don't need to pay for the ads that show up on page one. We'll just show up organically and we'll stop the ads. And when I chatted with Kevin, you know, the biggest thing he mentioned noting is that, nope, what happens is your ad is still driving traffic. And when you stop that ad, boop, you're pay you just, you go back down again and you have to work your way back up because that extra traffic that was being driven through the ads is suddenly gone. And that also impacts how Google will rank your page. So just be aware of, even if you're ranking organically, that doesn't mean to stop your ads necessarily. And be aware of if you do turn them off, there, there, there can be some consequences. But again, I think take those first three steps of trying to come up with a plan, reaching out to see how realistic it is, and then finding who on your team or who you're externally going to reach out to, to do that as those, um, those come up. And it I feel like we go through those things, Julie and Andrew, right? In meetings where it's like the theme Trends. of this month is SEO. The theme of yeah. this month is content. Yeah. Like everyone has the same questions each month and, and it has definitely yeah. been SEO. So I don't know if you have any other. I think it also depends right. when they're, sorry, Andrew. <laughs> but it also depends where they're starting from because mm -hmm. for some people who know nothing about SEO, there are some really basic things they could do to their website to help them a ton. You know, so somebody with a basic understanding of SEO could be like, here are some things you could do to help you people who are already beyond that. And then it's just those smaller, you know, mm -hmm. it gets harder and harder and hiring some of those big companies that are going to give you more details on that. That's where the big budgets kind of come in. So I think it depends yeah. where you're starting. Even Julie, we just had that meeting yeah. this morning earlier today with the builder and their page title said archive. And that was the page title. And we're like, who's, who's writing this? They're like, Oh goodness. We didn't know this was even something we should be paying attention to. So sometimes you're right. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't even know where to start. Some of those companies can really at least take you off really quickly. If you've, if you haven't had a, a lot of help in the front end. Agreed. Agreed. And I think before any of that, I think you definitely need to get more familiar with SEO. And so Moz, he was started by Rand Fishkin. 
they have a amazing beginner's guide to SEO article. Um, not even an article. It's like a book, mini book online. We would not try to beat it as far as like, let's make the do you convert home building version of it. It's mm-hmm. eight chapters, but go through it. If you don't understand every single thing in there, if you are the advocate for SEO for your builder, you need to understand everything in there. I'm not saying you have the time to do the work, but it's like you can't advise or make decisions like, oh, I'll go, I'll go with that vendor, this vendor, if you don't have a understanding of the language that's in there. Is that, is that me? It, I don't know. No, like, it, it, that, it makes sense. I mean, okay. so just honest, like, you yeah, I was telling the company a thousand per month, you should know all these definitions so that yeah. they're not going to essentially take advantage of you and not do anything. I was telling the team the earlier that we, my company, we, I, I wasn't, we in, uh, hired an SEO company and we didn't have a lot of knowledge in the beginning. And then after working with them, we're like, this doesn't really seem like it's worth what we're paying because they're just kind of coming up with these like firework ideas. We're going to do this for a week. We're going to do this for a week. What we really needed to do were, you know, the basic boring structure was more what needed to be analyzed and redone and talk about content, what should be added, what keywords should you, not keyword load, but keywords should be added to your community pages and content that would keep people there that's relevant and how also how your website is connected to other pages on the website with relevant information is very important. And so don't just get one quote if you're ever looking for an SEO company. Um, read, we'll, we'll link uh, in the show notes to that Moz article and then take a look at it and then also get a couple, um, ask ask an SEO company how they define SEO success and just see what their definition is um, and how you're trying to work together. I think it would be super important. Yeah. Put it on them, not you. Uh, you're, if you're hiring a professional company, they should have the basic answers for you. That's my... Yeah. Because like Julie and I had a builder who emailed us and they gave the marketer some SEO advice. And me and Julie went, Oh gosh, no, this is not, (laughs) this is not the, please don't do this. And, and after analyzing what we told him versus what the guy just, he, he just threw suggestions without context. And, but we were able to throw context of why those would be terrible ideas. Some of them were okay, but some half of them were not good. And um, he was like, Oh, thank goodness. I, asked you about why we why we were looking into that to the rescue the rescue for sure and now a quick word from our supporting partner open door connect to your customers with open door and they'll get a preliminary offer within minutes they close on their home and you close on a sale plus track the entire process with ease by using your personal custom referral link go to opendoor.com slash do you convert to learn more about how you can partner with open door and open door seems like the theme of our news because fun, not breaking news because it'll probably have been a week and a half, but Open Door and Zillow have had a wonderful. An agreement. Re- I, I don't guess. know. Yeah, I just feel they like it's married. like it's like your parents divorced and now they're like dating again, and you're like, I can see the <laughs> sparks flying. Like, I'm so happy. It seems to be like the connections are there. So I know we we internally as a team are like, oh my gosh, this is exciting news. How wonderful. But the, the article is after I buying debacle, Zillow partners with Open Door. Sellers on Zillow can request Open Door offers under new partnership from therealdeal.com. So what do you guys feel about this? I think it's great. I think it's like if you're selling your home, you're like, well, let's just see. Like it is like because it's not someone new. You're already on Zillow. You're probably looking at your you listed your home. You're looking at the views and the saves, you're excited. 
as far as the person that this is going to target, they're looking at those stats. Like if my grandmother listed her home, no, she's not even doing that. But for us, it's like, oh, well, we might as well get the, like we could get the offer. It takes 30 seconds to Mm -hmm. get an offer. We have that in our back pocket. That's like our worst case scenario, I think is what happened to a lot of people. Or they start to get some offers that are just difficult. The buyer thinks they have all the leverage and they're holding it over the seller's head. And they're like, forget those people. Let's just see what Open Door has to say. Like we'll kind of push on both ends, like the curious people and then the frustrated people. Yeah. I think it will work out well for both parties. Yeah. And it lets Zillow do what Zillow is so good at and lets Open Door do what they're so great at. So it just makes sense. So yeah, I'm excited to see how it works. I think it's just a headacheless experience that people will be like, they know what they're doing. They've done it a hundred times versus this guy who's trying not to use an agent who might like, or, you know, if I'm trying to figure it out, I'm realizing I'm in over my head, like, let's just sell it to the company and, and call it a day. So they've definitely been buying around me, like behind directly West of my house. There's another street, not in our community, three open door houses now. I don't know if the neighbors started talking or if when the open door people stopped by, they like, Hey, just, you know, I'm with Open Door. This is what we do. See you later. Um, or they leave something. They leave an offer. Imagine they leave an offer like, here we go. This is it. We're next door. We're buying the house. This is what we paid for it. It's all public. Um, we're excited. We're having some reps at the summit too. So it'll be fun to hear their... Yeah, they'll probably be popular, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, have some, we'll have some good discussions around it. Awesome. All right. Next news story, Andrew. Yeah, next one up. Oh, this one I liked. Where high earning households are moving. A 2022 study. Um, this is from smartasset.com. It was interesting because Florida was the biggest recipient of earners over 200,000, okay. which is something, yeah, it's like, what's what's in high asset household? I guess 200,000 is some magic number. I didn't, I don't know. Is it? I guess it is. It seems like the IRS puts that data out over 200. Yeah, it said, I mean, people, family households under over 200,000 are less than 7% of the total tax returns. And so yeah. it was just seeing... If you make a lot of money and you have the flexibility, where have you been moving? And yeah, California, New York, Illinois lost a lot of people. And as we see, and even with builders, Arizona, Texas, and number one, Florida seem to be getting the most. Um, yeah. A lot of states that don't have state income tax are the ones that are getting, state getting a lot tax, of those people. Less. Yeah, we won't go into politics. Um, I'm <laughs> trying to think, you know, don't go into that category. I was like less restrictive, but if you let's make stay more money, I mean, um, you but you have South Florida, which is definitely yeah. a financial mecca as far as like people want to be in South Florida. They're not going to Ocala if you're familiar with Florida. That's not where they're moving to, although that's beautiful out that way. But uh, Florida net migration was right over 20,000. And then the next runner up was it looks like it was, um, you have Arizona and Texas. 5,000 and then a little bit less and a little bit over 5,000. So Florida took quite, they they led the pack by quite a bit. Yeah. And this data, it says from 2019 and 2020. So this is definitely like pre-pandemic and during pandemic. Even even worse, I guess. Mm -hmm. It might be even more. Yeah. Which could explain, I sent a house that is for sale by a builder in my area. They build in like two zip codes. It's really interesting. That's where they buy their land. They don't do a lot of homes per year, but you know, they're just these areas and it was for a three, two, 600 something thousand, 1700 feet. I'm like, what in the world? This is crazy. But to someone but, living in New York paying X amount for their yeah, rent we have apartment. a lot of people yeah. pushing up the starter home price. Yeah. And then I thought I, I didn't finish it because I'm like, this is insane. Are you kidding me? And then I went to find another three, two of equal quality. And it was maybe like 60 K less 
for a home that was 50 years old, but completely redone. So like, yes, it was over 600,000 for this little house, 1700 feet, mm-hmm. or you get the house is 50 years old and it's just marginally less. So I'm like, Oh, maybe the builder isn't crazy after all. It's me. So, but that still seems like what in the world? Yeah. I think I, yeah. you know, I think obviously what's just enticing too about these specific areas or these movements. I mean, I mean, it really parallels what obviously we've been seeing with builders and what we're hearing of the builders who are struggling and, but also the hot, hot markets are now kind of also the more, the, the ones that have slowed down faster, anticipating yeah. that the people still to be coming in. Um, so, so I think great article to see where the, the big money makers are moving and what that means. Cause I know, um, uh, there's less, more, less competition in those areas and potentially, um, more opportunities where they're coming from. For sure. For sure. Um, next article, meta expands automated ad optimization option options via meta advantage program. So this Ooh. is a fairly new story. It's wordy. It's yeah. wordy. <laughs> it's like, I feel like it's an article title. They're like, don't read this. We don't actually want you to look into this. But in terms of the biggest takeaways, it seems like one, is it related to home builders? Maybe we might have some information on this if we do see any builders rolling this out or or take advantage of it. But it mostly seems like it's a shopping tool that works Mm -hmm. similar to how Google responses. Yeah, responsive yes. ads in Google. And so you can just upload different options and it'll optimize ads in certain ways. I feel like this should have been a thing already to me. Yeah, so it's based on the feed. There's people listening, you you have collection ads, mm-hmm. and you have the catalog. So think that this their focus is on e-commerce, but that means, because that's the easiest, that has the highest demand. I can see the spreading to other industries. We'll have to test it using it, even though they're not e-commerce. Mm-hmm. But then like, what do we show? What do we trust Facebook to then change our ads to be? But if you have thousands of products, you are like, okay, this is our easiest way to scale a thousand, yeah. 10,000. Like imagine Amazon pushing this out. Like, okay, that makes sense. But for us, it's like, oh, do we push this community or that community? They're not even the same category. I think it's anything. There's some something like this that's kind of automated, responsive. You're giving your power away to that platform a little Mm -hmm. bit so maybe it it will get good results but also will they be putting together ads that are not don't have the right yeah messaging or what you want to do so you really wanted to focus on lot 30 because lot 30 is where you need to push all Mm -hmm. the money behind but it shows 10 houses like then then you still want to bring that power back so yeah yeah. worth experimenting if we play with it so yeah always something there will always be something (laughs) And then the last news article we have, a growing share of home listings are stale as the market cools. What do you yeah, guys thoughts one, on this? My thought was this was interesting. I just jumped, jumped straight down to the table at the bottom. Yeah, there's a good little chart on this one if yeah. people want to go check it out. And it we're so, what's that, recency bias? Like mm-hmm. if this was five years ago, you'd be like, what? what's the problem? I don't understand like what's going on here, but it has a chart and it says Metro area. The next ta- next column is share of homes on the market longer than 80 days. I didn't know this Philly, Philadelphia, 80% of their homes are on the market for 30 days or more. Oh, 30 days. Wow. 30 days or more. And, but then also has the share of homes on the market longer than 30 days year over year. So that's like the one where who has had the worst. Yeah. It worst. seems like 
decline. Oakland has an increase of 60% of houses staying on the market over 30 well, days. Do people want to live in Oakland? That's rude. We know some people who live I, in Oakland. So. I never hear anything. The only thing I hear about Oakland is like, uh, like hip hop documentaries on Netflix about West Coast rap. Weather's is good. that bad? <laughs> the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> but what's interesting, you look, we take the article from the, the high earners over 200K. Mm-hmm. You look at share of homes on the market longer than 30 days year over year. Yeah. Phoenix. Fort Lauderdale. Austin. Point, yeah. 0.9% change. No change year over year. Miami, Florida, the next one down, 1.8%. So barely a change. So you look at some of these markets, it'll be interesting across the data um, to see if there's a difference. Now, New York, New York, that I think that's a special market. Some of those metros are just yeah, not untouchable, but like they're I think just so strong. Such an influx, even if they lose a significant amount of people, they're still, right. yeah. But this is good messaging going back to our customers that if you do have a great market where stuff isn't staying on the market that much longer, you know, our if you're in a city where your market's still really healthy, um, don't let all the news stories and what people are hearing scare mm-hmm. them away thinking they're buying in a bad market if your market's different. So that's messaging that you can share, you know, if your market is different than than what their, their and, peers. And my thought is that these are also people who are having reality checks of maybe they're still trying to skirt by with the highest price that someone told them their house is worth and, but it's still a yeah. hundred grand over where it needs to be. And so they might be slowly coming down after that. Cause they were just trying to go fishing and see if they can catch a big fish and, and now it's not yeah. working. So they're adjusting their price to get more realistic. So this is the, you know, obviously resale is bundled into this. And so you have to look at data with a, I think a fine yeah. tooth. Imagine, imagine trying to get like new construction data on this. Like just I mean, hearing I the still, anecdotal stories of like, oh, let's yeah. go look at those homes. There's there's five that are ready. You go out and you're like, who said these are ready? Yeah. Like, and so at what point is it on the market, even though it's listed? Da, 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 that mm-hmm. I don't think the data will be as clean. Yeah, I, I think the biggest data point, yeah. which I, I wish I had an update on it, but I, I don't. But the last time we looked at it, I think it was 16 or 17 days a house on average from when it's completely is still sitting on market. And I think that's still a good baseline from when your house is 100% done to find the success yeah. of it off of. And even I, I talked to two marketers uh, this week who sold their personal homes. And one of them was like, yep, my house sold in 16 days, like a, exactly on average with what they were seeing right. when a house is. Remember when ready. homes had birthdays? Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. And like, yeah. I remember yeah. House. when I first started with DYC, it was a 2015. I got an email. It's like, Hey, this house is about to have a birthday. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm new to home building, like been in marketing now, like 14 years, but I'm like, get it to cake. Uh, Kevin, what does this mean? Like, what is birthday? He's like, it's not oh, a good thing. <laughs> it's yeah. not good. That means it's this. And then he goes, of course, you know, Kevin's great. It's super fortunate that that's who I got to be learn home building mm-hmm. through. He's like, well, here's the full story of this. Here's these costs associated with it. Like, it's not just like, oh, we need to sell it. Like we're losing money every single month um, to keep it. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like birthday homes. I feel like that could be one of our team predictions: is how, what, at what month in the future do we expect Mm. someone we know to have a house or the birthday? Uh But I still am having depressing. I know (laughs) because I'm still having meetings with builders, and most of them like, no, yeah, we don't have any. We have some Mm -hmm. maybe coming up, but none. No inventory homes still. So I think the probably um, there. I remember some. There's one with a builder that. Um, I won't say their name, but like there was something clearly wrong with it. And it was a very oh, large challenge. I think it, like, it wasn't even, house. it wasn't even the price point. Well, the price, we, 
the price was too high based on that issue it was in the backyard you're like that's literally right there i had a birthday house and we we knew exactly what was wrong with it we it it had the longest backyard we've ever built so just think of this like very thin long rectangle if it was in seattle it would make sense but it's in the suburbs and it could have gone wide or you could have pushed the house back we didn't push the house back so you could have had the potential for a long driveway and they could only fit two cars in their driveway and there was no street parking. Oh. So they're like, oh. I don't want this backyard. I want usable space in front of my house. And, and I couldn't play. go like behind the house to park because it's too scary. It's, it, there's no room between the two houses. So yeah, it was, a, it was like a three home quote, quote community. And, um, and they all oh, took up really the middle one. So just the bad longest. design essentially. Poor design on our part and understanding what people would want in the area. Spots. You have, have to have parking spots. That's our current drama. The side note of our community is the builder that built our community's terrible design building on average four and five bedroom houses with mostly room for two cars. Yeah. How does that work as far as. And almost no gas parking on the street, right? Zero gas parking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a giant mess. Fortunately on our side of the street, like we have flexibility and all of us like each other, Um, the neighbors, the other side, they hate each other. It's great. But it's because of the tension that has builder created in the community to try to squeeze every which you don't blame them builders going to build they have to make money you mm-hmm. have to like there's no shame in that but it's like oh did anyone think about like what would it be like to live here and that well, just was just missed just like you're talking about with your story like if we yeah. had a, like another 20 feet you could then fit four cars in the front of the yard yeah it would have been an if we would have no thought about it long enough or like mm-hmm. sometimes we'd flip houses, house plans around and the windows would look exactly into the windows and we're like, oh, we should have mm. looked That's at that community it. further. Yeah, just get blind. Sorry. Get blind. I didn't, so I didn't design the houses. <laughs> so. But yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway for these are, you know, understanding in your market specifically how long houses are staying on the market. And then when your house does become available, how that compares. And I think that's a good also sales tool and marketing red flag of when does the flag need to go up for more intent, not that you're not marketing it, but when do we need to get more intense about this is now out of the range of safe, like of, of normal. And now we have a problem community. So just, just keeping yeah. that in your, your, the back of your mind as the more inventory homes come up as well as don't forget self touring. If you do have staying inventory homes is a thing and now it's coming back to, I've had my first conversation (laughs) this week about uh, uh, self-tour, I tour, um, whatever, whatever you call it. And they're like, oh, right. I forgot about that. So I'm sure those, those companies are looking forward to the slower markets. Self-guided home tours. Self-guided home tours. Yeah. 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 That's a different name. I have a few builders using them on model homes, but this is the first time we've talked about them on inventory homes in a while. Yeah. And I think it's nice because one, you're, you know, you're collecting that data. They can't go in without your information. They're they're still a qualified lead. Like I just, you know, you don't want to miss the boat. And then another builder we were talking to was like, should I be putting the MLS boxes back on the houses that are standing? And we're like, yes, please, please be aware of all the things you, it's been a long time that we've had to think of what we have to turn back on. So again, just, just quick reminders of yeah, following up with the team. of. I'm a fan of that. I think anything that is positive for the buyer like, mm-hmm. should be done should just should be done should period be done. boom yeah agreed yeah do we want to talk about that zillow one the other zillow one let's do it i brought it up it'll be super quick so zillow launches zillow surfing 2.0 nationwide to automate floor plans so they're taking the pictures they're taking all that and they're automating the floor plan for any home i love like it create it i, I think, think it's pretty cool. cool i first read the headline i'm like oh 
is this like a social way of like, like a, you have your shopping app in Zillow, like there's no comments, but maybe there's another version where like you get to like talk about the house listed almost as if each listing is a post that would be fun and chaotic and <laughs> not a good setup, but it'd be mm. a lot of fun. Um, well, we were talking about, cool. right. The advantage of new construction homes is you kind of get the floor plan. And when I do see a resale house with a floor plan, I'm like, Oh, that's pleasant. But now this is like plopping you where the photos are taken and telling you yeah. what you're looking at, because there are absolutely houses. I feel like where I'm like, why aren't you showing the wall yeah, behind so me? And it's a clown wall of photo. You know, it's just like, please, when I looked at my house, my office that I'm in now had no photos and I didn't know this room existed. And when I toured the house, this room was the gentleman's hobby painting figurines room. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that makes sense nice. why you wouldn't show this room. But I would have appreciated to know like that room existed, even if there wasn't a, a photo of it. So I think it's great. I think it's a long-term viewing content element they're adding to their website that that can only create value. So I'm excited to see how um how it's yeah. utilized. And are y'all Zillow surfers? Will you go on Zillow even when you're not shopping just oh, yeah. to look? Do. I have I have alerts yeah, all too. over the place where I live. I've alert like this street, like mm -hmm. this street places where like if the perfect home happened on that street, we would do everything we can to get into it. But they're that's just because we lived here for like twenty something years. We know like that would always be an amazing right. place to live five minutes like they're mostly the proximity it's location before the house i've always sure. wanted to live in like a little cul-de-sac and i'm like i would definitely pick up my things to move in like a cute little like pocket neighborhood within a neighborhood yeah we, we're at the end of our street and, and we had if i say the premium out loud i'm not going to because who knows the perception of that but the premium was to me extremely underpriced i'm like are you for the home site i'm like are you kidding me the end of the street is only it was twice as much as the average premium but the premium was still less than 10 grand for the other houses. So I'm like, we'll get the end. We have yeah. no North neighbor next to us. Like I'm looking at my office window. It's just the trees. It's the grass. It's like hundred feet until the fence that surrounds the community. Yeah. Well I, I feel it. like you saying that I need to re if anyone stayed on this long, I need to specify, I will not be buying a $1.2 million new construction house <laughs> on my street. That is not where I fit You're, in the world. If you translate that to Let's just do Florida prices. It's probably like a seven hundred thousand dollar house. I feel like my translated to another market, and maybe yeah. it's five hundred. Like it's it's all yeah. it's the numbers relative. Are made up. Whose line is it, anyways? Okay. Yeah. Made up. Well, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I feel like Zillow finally, not finally, but they're they're doing some good stuff on their end, yeah. and so innovate um, to win and stay ahead. Mm -hmm. A lot, lot of little projects, and super excited to see their their partnership with Open Door too, and and to to see how that goes. It's gonna be fun. Good stuff. Well, thanks for listening. Be sure to send in your industry-related questions to show at gconvert.com or not industry-related questions. That's also, that's hey, also good. Hey, you want to say hello? That's okay. Yeah, just, hey, guys, what are you doing? And we'll touch on them in our next episode. Have a good one. Bye. See ya. Market-proof marketing is proudly supported by Opendoor. Visit opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn how you can partner with Opendoor to increase certainty, speed, and ease for your home buyers. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peake, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. View hundreds of articles, videos, and more for free at doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on social networks or in real life. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.